Men's basketball was supposed to play Temple. The Owls have had an interesting season. They initially had one game postponed due to COVID-19 on Drexel's side, then later on added a game against Delaware State, had to ditch their game against rival Villanova because of Owls' COVID concerns, and then their last two conference games would be anyway, have been COVID protocols on the other side. So Temple was a team that was getting it going, and boy, what a perfect, and I don't mean in a good way, example of how COVID can really disrupt your schedule because the Owls had won three in a row. They actually gave Houston a battle, 66-61, and looking back, that was something that would portend their conference start, which is 3-1. and one. They go to Orlando, beat UCF, stunned the Knights, really, who were up by nearly double digits midway through the second half. Damian Dunn had the last-second go-ahead shot. He had the buzzer beater to beat East Carolina, a three at the horn, 78-75, 33 points, and then they followed that up with a solid win at Tulsa. That was back last week, January the 12th, supposed to return to the court this Wednesday, but Wichita State has had to go on hold, and now two opponents in a row, so they'll essentially be two weeks between games for the Owls. They'll be taking on Cincinnati. As far as the Bulls go, of course, this will be the third time they've had a game get postponed. The first was due to Mississippi Valley State, you may or may not recall. The second was to be the conference opener on New Year's Day against East Carolina had to get moved. Now that one has been rescheduled. They're not going to play Mississippi Valley State, but now two games have had to be moved and one's already taken care of. The Pirates will come to Yingling Center on February the 17th with the Owls having to make up a few more games. Who knows if the Bulls and Owls will play. I have a suspicion they will. It'll be at the Yingling Center. Just won't be tomorrow. The Bulls will play on the women's side of things against, well, the Temple Owls. That's the shame from the Owls' perspective. They were going to do the smart thing, save some travel costs, combine the teams on one flight situation, but not going to happen now as it'll just be the women here. And a lot of familiar faces. If you are used to Temple women's basketball, you know the name Mia Davis, an all-conference performer, somebody that has been tremendous throughout her career, and yeah, this is her fifth year. She has averaged in double figures her entire career at Temple, averaged more than 11 points as a freshman, and then her next two years right shy of 19 points and between 9 and 10 rebounds. This year averaging 18 points, 7.7 rebounds. Hearing those numbers, you assume she's 6'3", six, 6'4", six, no, she's six foot. She can handle the ball pretty well. Her shooting has gone down. She actually, forgot this, sunk 29 threes in her second season. Now get this, Mia Davis is just 3 of 24 on threes. Not good. But her overall field goal percentage is above 50, 51%. So she gets in the paint as well. So the Bulls have got to watch out for her. And two other players that you knew were going to be among the leaders, and they are Alexa Williamson, a 6'1 senior. Last year was her first averaging a double figure. She really took off 12.5 points, nearly seven boards. This year, those numbers have gone down a little bit to 10 and 2, but that's just because she's got a little more help. They have a third player averaging in double figures, but she has been out since the first five games, a freshman, Giselle Thompson. Jaysha Clinton, and this is the one that I'll be curious to see in action because she had an outstanding freshman season, an all-freshman performer, Average more than 12 points a game. That number has gone down below 8 as she has struggled from the floor, shooting less than 30% this year. So, Jason Clinton's still a full-time starter. They have a couple of freshmen who are contributing. You'll hear more about them on the broadcast when we hit the air at 245. And another fifth-year player, Amani Mayo, who is averaging around 24 minutes a game and four points more of a role player. So they got experience mixed in with some freshmen, and they certainly have gotten it going once they've hit conference play. 
They are overall 8-6, and six, but 3-0 and oh in the league. They had no problems with East Carolina on the road a couple of days ago. They have had several games postponed due to COVID protocols on the Temple side of things, but once they've gotten back into action, they have performed well. They went to Cincinnati, won 75-68. That was after having their first two conference games get postponed against UCF and SMU. Then they really got my attention at home against Houston. That would be a week ago Saturday. And then they returned to the court against East Carolina and, again, had no issues in that game. The final score was 56-41. to The Owls were up 31-16 at halftime, held the Pirates just four points. In the second quarter, Mia Davis led the way with 15 points, Alexa Williamson with 14, and, again, those are their two leading scores on the year. Give you much more on the Owls when we hit the air. When I say we, it'll be myself going solo on Saturday. Bridget Miranda going to be over on the ESPN Plus side. And we'll go to the bull side now. We'll get Jose's comments here in a second that I found interesting. But Elena Chinecki, obviously she was the reason they won against Tulsa. She took over the game with 30 points, one shy of tying her career high. Got to the line a lot at the end. And again, the numbers were pretty stark as far as Chinecki to non-Chinecki on the team. As a team, the Bulls were just 4 of 17 on three-point shooting. But Chinecki made three of them, three for six. Free throws, a struggle for the Bulls, not name Elena Chinecki. She went 7 for 8, including 6 of 6 in the final tense couple of minutes, but the rest of the team was 7 for 16, so below 500. Yes, she was the reason they won. Dulce Fink and Mengiotti, also a big reason. 17 points and 11 rebounds. Now, I didn't play a lot of highlights intentionally on Monday's show from the Warren I-4. I did play a little bit of Betty Menunga because of her efforts that were persistent and helped get her American Athletic Conference weekly honor roll mention. What I didn't play and wanted to for you now was the night of Elena Chinecki because I think the big-time struggle she had in the first three quarters of a tough loss in Orlando really carried over. And, of course, if that didn't happen, they would not have beaten Tulsa. So the way things could have gone were not in a good direction. This was on Sunday afternoon. Now Pinzon looking to get some ball movement going here. And Chinecki... Just a little bit off with that pass. You wanted to jab step, get it to Dulcie, but Chinecki's just having a rough day, folks. That is turnover number seven, and just barely more than a minute into the second half, she is going to check out for Maria Alvarez, who has been by far the better ball handler. And honestly, that could have been the end of the day, and I don't think she scores 30 points against Tulsa. She did not come back in the third quarter. This game was over. Bulls are down 22 going into the fourth. But not only did she enter, but she was determined, if not some wild, crazy, demonstrative way, to get back on track, and she did. Janecki's going to try and guard Battles and wants to take her. And while the crowd is oohing and on by Battles shaking and baking, guess what? Janecki knocked it away from behind. Battles actually turns it over. And now Janecki wants to float one in. How about that? Elena Janecki forces the ball off of the red-hot diamond Battles' hands and scores herself. Gets it back under 20, 55 to 36 early here in the fourth quarter. That's nice to see. Almost another three seconds there. Maria finds Chinecki, who's coming out right now. On fire and one. How about that? Elena Chinecki up and in and fouled. What a second half she's had, or I should say fourth quarter. And it's now a 15-point game. She was headed for a two-point night, ended up with 12, which is you know within two of her average, but 10 in that fourth quarter, she hit a three, and it was interesting because the Bulls simply made a couple of threes in that fourth quarter and ended up outscoring the Knights by five in it. And you saw that all you got to do is hit a couple shots, and you're 
better team than UCF, but they weren't for the whole part. And then against Tulsa, which, boy, listening and watching back some of that game, there was some wild stuff that happened. When the Bulls were down by one, eventually Chinecki drives the lane, gets the two free throws for a lead with about 12 seconds left. Well, it looked like a five-second count when we were calling the game, and I put the old stopwatch on, and yeah, the Bulls caught a break there. They were getting the calls in the second half after not getting them in the first half. But Chinecki was the obvious target of all the play calls, and I thought her answer to the question of what got into her essentially, what made her a little bit more motivated looking in the game, was spot on here. Tonight I had the mentality of being fearless. Sometimes you just get caught up and you just forget the things that you can actually do. Uh, so I really made that goal today to bounce back for my team because that's who I am. Yeah. Pretty telling. And also what Dulce Fankamangiadu had to say, remember, she was picked preseason all-conference based on her averaging a double-double at Memphis. But her first five games outside of a six-for-nine night against Alabama State, the other four, and this stretches into UConn in the Bahamas, saw Dulce Fankamangiadu make just four shots total, attempting 24 from the floor. You knew she could do it. She got it going against Oregon with an 8-of-15 performance, 17 points. And for the most part... Ole Miss was a struggle for her. She has been a big factor in the Bulls' victory. She's seen her scoring average go up to 11.1, jumping over the last three games when she scored 23, 14, and 17. What has changed on her side? I thought this was interesting. I just realized that making mistakes is like it's common for everybody. Like I was doing to my head, like if I made a mistake, I let it affect the whole day, uh, the whole game, but. Now I decided, like, okay, I will make mistakes, there for sure, but I will just let it go and keep going. So clearly she's on the right track, along with Elena Chinecki. Now the concern is others. Sydney Harvey had it going. Now she's gone five games in a row without double figures. Totally not like her. She's had a foot injury. Elisa Pinzon, who missed the two-lane game, and remember Maria Alvarez played 40 minutes at point guard? Well, Maria had it going. But then she, well, ran into Tulsa's Jessica Evans and did not return to the game on Wednesday night. Mention Pinzon, she's had struggles of late. And then add Betty Manunga to the list of ailing. Here's what Jose Fernandez has on all of that. We're not a good basketball team right now. We're just not. You know, we got a lot of good, we got, we're, we're beat up in a lot of different areas. You know, we got hit by COVID. A lot of guys didn't practice. We got coming, guys coming back from COVID. You know, Manunga. Betty, Betty and Sid didn't practice the last two days, so it's tough to. We got guys, guys that aren't practicing. You know, we're trying to rest them because of their injuries, and they're. You know, you lose, you lose flow, you lose, you lose feel, and that's where we're at. We'll get Betty evaluated. Uh, She didn't play the whole second half. You know, Maria, Maria went down. You know, possible concussion there, but it's a credit to. We're able to go to our bench and get some get some valuable minutes from some guys that haven't had a lot of experience this year. I thought Liza gave us good minutes, Bermejo, you know, Sarah. So we got to regroup. We're not the same group, and we just got to find a way to continue to win games because we're definitely not the same group we were in November and December. Make sure you tune in right for the pregame show. We'll let you know if... Manunga's out there. Boy, did Christina Bermejo play great in her place the whole second half. Seven points, which was a big deal, and a career-high nine rebounds. But overall, Manunga, you'd have to say, is a more reliable score. Maria, 
also might not be available. And I think with Pinzon and Harvey, they just need a couple of shots to fall. Pinzon has not made a field goal her last two games. She's gone seven games now without hitting multiple three-point shots, where the previous six, she hit multiple threes every single game. 2.45 airtime, Bulls and Owls at 3 o'clock.